0: everybody, welcome to the show, I see things a little differently, episode 2. Thank you for the spins on episode 1 on Amazon Music, SoundCloud as well, but check it out on Amazon Music, we're currently going to expand to other streaming platforms as well. Uh, just give it a couple more weeks and I'll make those announcement, announcements when it's time. Um, this show is going to be interesting, we're going to do a couple transitions here, so you're going to hear a couple little freaky sounds, don't be alarmed, that is the show, not your phone or whatever you're streaming on. Um, There's a few things I want to talk about. I wanted to get into some comic book stuff, but as I was going to record this episode, actually I wasn't going to record this episode, Um, what happened was I recorded like 7 or 8 episodes there in a can. I was just going to release them, and then I realized, holy crap, I'm dropping the shows on Monday, Clash of Champions is this week, I might as well just record the show and do a Clash of Champions review on top of what I want to talk about as well so as i record this is actually the day before the clash of champions and so you're gonna hear transition to go into the clash of champions review and i won't be reviewing everything i'll only be, only be reviewing the interesting stuff um that i find interesting obviously or the big news that comes out of it um believe it or not this d level show i'm actually looking forward to and um i'm looking forward to it because i I remember watching uh, a heel Roman Reigns with the shield when they were in NXT. And when uh, Seth Rollins was champion. And I loved every second of it. And uh, I think all these characters are much better as heels. Uh, maybe not maybe not Rollins. Rollins I think has always been better as a babyface. Um, but Moxley and, and Reigns have been tremendous. I think they've always been tremendous as heels. But um, I'm really looking forward to this. Mainly because I'm, you're going to see the destruction of Jey Uso. Which is... Just, I think something I don't I don't think we've seen that before where someone completely turns and when they turn they do it on a family member that's a current active wrestler I'm trying to think of someone I'm trying to think of something off top of my head maybe someone else can tell me um but I can't think of a a, a, a moment where it's one thing to be of a family member that's not a wrestler or whatever but a current active guy who's liked, um, he, he, Reigns just said something last night on SmackDown. I don't think the Usos are the greatest tag team in this, in this generation, but they're definitely in WWE top three, you know, do you have to put them up there? Usos, excuse me, Usos up there, New Day up there. Um, if I was doing a list, I would think about it more, but, um, it, it, it's, he, he it's going to be a very interesting night. Um. I'm not going to give predictions, right? The only prediction I'll give is... And that's not a prediction. He's going to destroy him. That's It's a, a fact. Um, the only thing I will say is Randy Orton... It's looking like Randy Orton's going to get his 14th championship. I just don't think... Um, and all these questions are going to be answered in the show. In, in the same show, which is fun. But I, I just don't think you do an ambulance match. Unless Randy Orton's going to take time off work. WWE. Or if you're just trying to look for a way to keep Drew McIntyre strong, because he can say, I lost a match. I was never pinned for the championship, though. Um, Boy, oh boy, would I hate to see him lose that championship without ever having any fans in the building. But a sign of times, I guess. Well, anyways, matter of fact, let's... No, let's, let's transition from this because I want to talk about some comic book stuff first and then we'll go back to wrestling and that way the wrestling transition to the Clash of Champions review will be a lot smoother. Um, first of all, let's talk about WandaVision, this trailer, or let's talk about the the reason why we saw the trailer. First of all, it was the most random thing to see the trailer at the Yemmys. I, I know my phone lit up with people sending me the link to it people have been dying from all the content and it's funny because Jonathan Esther who will be on the show next week um it, 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 we were both talking maybe a week or two ago now remember I have a bunch of now once again I love all comic books I don't have a preference between uh DC or Marvel? I love all comic books. Like The Boys is not DC or Marvel. You can still enjoy The Boys. It's pretty gory, um, but you can still enjoy it. Um, however, we were talking, and, and, and a few DC fans hit me up, and they were like, "How? Oh, God, people I know," and they were like, "How oh, it's over for Marvel? Marvel's running to the top, blah blah." Because DC fandom, they did the equivalent of literally blowing your entire load at DC fandom, and of course they had to. They they couldn't hold back anything. Uh, the flash has been in development hell for years they've always had their actor they've changed the directors they've changed scripts everything they had to reveal some stuff and they're going in all in on the flash um that's for another show i think i'm gonna actually have a whole show dedicated to that whole dceu what it used to be called um but marvel has been pretty quiet besides the, the delays. But to me, they're quiet because there's nothing... Here's the thing, right? They're notorious. Marvel Studios is notorious for being secretive. Things very rarely leak out of there. So they've just been working with everything. And here's the thing also. The few things we know, we know Black is completely done. It just needs to come out. We know The Eternals is completely done. These, these, we uh, apparently they were going to drop a trailer for the Eternals the week after Black Widow came out, but now there's no need to. So, like we know, at least two of these movies are completely done. So there's nothing, there's no more work that needs to be done on those. Um, I believe Shang Chi went back to filming, so they, they they've had reason to be quiet. There's nothing to announce. They're not trying to build their brand. They are. They're, they are. First of all, they're the top-selling movie studio of all time, and they have the highest grossing movie of all time if you don't include inflation. But I'm pretty sure the more you include inflation as the years go on, if no one tops them, which I just don't see that happening, um, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But anyways, um, there's nothing for them to say. They're not like influencers that need to put out stuff every week to stay relevant to, to, to their brand. You know, um, They're not us you know they're they are uh entity onto themselves and so from the drop this first of all you had to know when they dropped this trailer that black widow was so screwed and getting pushed back i, I once i seen it i said i once i seen they drop the trailer i immediately took john to and said yeah black widow's being pushed back again he's like you think so i said yeah i know so <laughs> i know so and then a couple days later sure enough push back um well anyways let's talk about this wandavision trailer first of all it looks amazing I love how they did the play of... Because, for those of you who don't know, Elizabeth uh, Olsen, the one who plays Scarlet Witch, her sisters are the Olsen twins. the twins from Full House. You got it, dude. You know, so, just in case you guys didn't know that. Uh, I mean, she looks nothing like them, but now they, they're they just skinny white chicks now. So, it's like, they don't look like her. She's thicker than they are, if that makes any sense. Um, not in a bad way, obviously. But, um... It looks amazing. I love the little details, and I'm not one of those people that w- likes to do reaction videos or s- tell things I seen. because this. You have Eric Voss from the New Rock Stars, people like that who that's what they specialize in. But this trailer, from the moment I saw it, I was like, you yeah, they they're putting a lot of different Easter eggs in here from the comic book accurate uh, Scarlet Witch outfit to the comic book accurate Vision outfit for Halloween and even the bottle of wine that is House of Contempt. I immediately caught these things and I was like, wow. Even Monica Rambeau, you know, uh, being a part of SWORD and you can see her getting sucked out of that dream world or whatever it is. I know a lot of people are thinking that um, Wanda will be the villain in Dr. Strange Multiverse of Madness, I actually think he's going to have to save her. I think she may start off as as a villain, but she won't be the primary villain. Like, she may be somebody he has to defeat, and, and when I say defeat, he has to actually knock out of her, her stupor and get her to be on his side because he's going to need her power, her chaos magic, in order to defeat whatever is coming in that movie. Um... That's so. That's a couple of years down the road. We can get into that some other time. But I think, and once again, they may do the reverse of this, where House of M she took away almost every mutant power. This could be the House of M in reverse, where she's actually creating the mutants, and they obviously have big plans for this. But the most important thing is that we are getting Marvel content this year. Um, from what my understanding is, I think they're going to do it the same way. Uh, Amazon Prime did it with the boys and that's drop a new episode each week. Now, what they did with the boys and no one liked it, but what they did with the boys was they dropped the first three episodes on the first day and then the rest of the episodes, which I think is only an eight episode season. I have not watched any of season two of the boys. I'm not going to watch it until October 9th when I can binge watch it all at once. Um, I just just prefer to do that now because you know what ends up happening with me? Like with Gotham, right? I was enjoying Gotham And then I got to the second to last season, I believe. And I can't remember where I left off at. And so I've been trying to go back on Netflix to find the the episode. The problem is Gotham is so slow and plodding. And it's what I liked about it. But at the same time, so many details, I just don't remember because now I'm removed from it for two, three years. And so... Um, I do know what season I'm in, but I don't remember, but that's the problem when I don't binge watch shows, even network television shows. I've been binge watching. Like I just watched the blacklist from last year but I wait for it to come on Netflix. And so for me personally, um, that's just what I want to do. um, and it's not because I'm mad at them doing it or anything like that. It's more of just because it's just a, it's just more enjoyment for me to get just to, to stay in that moment. Like to me, Blacklist, I need to be because that's there's a ton of things said in there that are said and just, right? And so if I watch four episodes, getting get out of it, and again try to get back into four episodes, I gotta remember what those first four episodes were. For me, my mind just doesn't work that way. I'm very much just let's stay in this mindset and and watch this thing you know now i can go away from from the show and play a video game or do the, sh- the podcast or write a song or something but to get out of it to go into another show just not the way my mind works i don't want it to work that way i enjoy remembering i'll use a blacklist as an example for those of you who watch the blacklist will get this Pretty much, there's times when Raymond Reddington has said something and has been extremely vague. He'll say Raymond Reddington, he'll say something like, "Hey, I am not your father," but Raymond Reddington is. Then later on in the season series, you find out what that actually meant. But it lays the groundwork, and I can't catch stuff like that going back and forth to different shows. Plus, my I don't really watch that much that much TV anyway. So I think The Blacklist is the only network television show. I now watch so um, it, it, it's gonna be interesting but I, I think it's gonna be a fun show I th- it's between six and eight episodes if I'm not mistaken I think it's like eight episodes for winter uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon I think this one should be eight episodes as well now if it is six episodes now once again and after, I'm matter of fact let me look this up right now while I'm talking to you guys so that way I know um, what, what i'm talking about because i i saw one thing say six episodes but i could swore was eight and it might just been a typo um let me look this up really quick Mm-mm-mm-mm. let's look at that right now okay so wandavision will be six episodes which means falcon and winter soldier might be the same let's see how does Google users have 80% on Falcon and Winter Soldier? That show hasn't even come out yet. That's weird. Um. Anyways, let's look up and see how many shows this is gonna, how many episodes this is gonna be. Mm-hmm, 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 I don't. All right. It says six as well. So the one thing that and that has me curious because to me the the Defenders, which I enjoyed. Now once again. I have to say this. I'm biased on my enjoyment of the show. Seeing characters like Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Daredevil. Now Daredevil's had a live action movie. It wasn't good, but they he's at least had that spotlight, you know, for a darker character. That's that's it's cool. But to see those four characters get even though that's they're not the original defenders in the comics, to see them get that spotlight for me. Don't thing unless they would have killed them all off, you couldn't have done anything that would have made me hate that show. Even with that being said, it still felt rushed. And personally, just me. I think six episodes, supposedly they're gonna be an hour each, just six hours of these characters. That's a lot of development. That's more development than they they were gonna get on a motion picture. However, then I can see how things might be rushed. Now that means there's gonna be a ton of freaking detail in these shows, and especially with WandaVision, I can only imagine the amount of craziness they're gonna they've they've put in this show. And um, even with the Falcon, hell, the Falcon and Winter Soldier is lining up for clearly lining up for the future of the MCU. They're bringing back Zemo, uh, uh, not Sharon Carter. Yeah, Sharon Carter. Um... That is just going to be amazing. Um, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to it personally. The fact that it's the thing that starts off phase four, honestly, it might be the best. And you know what? They might only need to do a little tweaking and maybe do two post cred scenes on Black Widow to make it truly fit into the MCU. Maybe do a post cred scene with Hawkeye where you see him training kate bishop or whatever i know they just announced the the new she-hulk which it's it's that's gonna be a fun series as well um but yeah i just i I really just want to get that off my chest because i think that will be fun i just think this is gonna be fun and the last thing i'll say about comic books on this show in this particular episode is nick fury is getting his own disney plus series i'm all in i mean everyone wants to know ever since the very last movie we saw was spider-man um far from home right um, with Mysterio um yeah far from home everything was home but um the you know, last thing we said remember the last thing we saw from MCU that was brand new if I'm not mistaken well yeah last thing we saw was Nick Fury on some ship asking where his shoes are where he was what he was doing was, was he jerking off a blue elephant we don't know you know so I'm very interested to see um what would See what that has to do with the MCU, what he's been doing, how he's been setting things up. So, anyways, that's the comic part portion of the show. It's just something I want to talk about. How I think the WandaVision trailer was fun. Everyone that listens to the show, listen to our previous show, knew a bit. Uh, how, the one episode people bring up to me all the time is the episode where it was me, Jonathan Nestor, and Alone in the Dark. It was a YouTube stream and I vented hard about Batman vs. Superman. And that movie needed me to vent. So anyways, with that being said, we're gonna transition over to wrestling show now. Wrestling portion of the show now. So I'll see you on the other side of this transition. alright guys, let's get some news and notes um, first of all, rest in peace to Animal um, uh, both Animal and Hawk are gone Hawk are gone, easy for me to say um, what can I say, one of the greatest tag teams of all time um, I would not argue, I wouldn't argue if even if you thought Brian Kendrick and Paul London were the great, greatest tag team of all time I just wouldn't care enough to argue with you about it it's your opinion um, but if you would just say I have a friend named Brandon he he believes the Road Warriors are the greatest tag team of all time. Uh, that To me, there's a reason why they have something called that Road Warrior Pop. Um, they got a chance to work with some of the greatest people of all time. And the Kolovs, the Horsemen, I mean, Dusty. Uh, boy, oh boy. Um, they will be sorely missed. And... Um, I still get asked sometimes, like, who do you want to meet in wrestling? Like, is there anyone you want to meet that you haven't met? And you know, the only person I ever wanted to really meet at first was Macho Man Randy Savage. And, obviously, that's not going to happen now. He's passed away. But then, after that, it became Jericho. And me and my brother actually, me and Jonathan Esther actually met Jericho years ago. He signed a couple of his books for me, um, which was a great thrill. Um, but... I can't... I really can't think of anyone. If if you put a gun in my hands and you had to give an answer, I would say Triple H or Shawn Michaels maybe. Um, but, you know, there's no one that... Really, I... Um, I don't know. I can't think of it, but... It, the point is, I've heard a lot of people say that these guys were on their bucket list at some point in time. I've seen some people who've been able to meet Animal, obviously, without Hawk, but... I'm sure that was a big thrill. But anyways, it's just... They're, they they what can you say uh, I they were the only tag team to win nwa WWE and wcw tag team titles um they obviously paved the way for dominant tag teams like they barely went off their feet dude so anyways rest in peace i my, my condolences to the family and um his his family and uh you guys you guys will definitely be missed and uh, I will definitely miss hearing that "Real Warrior song. That, that that. ooh, what a rush. Boy, oh, boy. That's, just, that's unfortunate. I'm glad they're both. I am glad, though, that they are in the Hall of Fame. They're in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, let's put you like this. Let's be honest. The Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, this, and we can go back and forth on this, but the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame is definitely... Um, in my eyes, more legitimate because it's less about problems and more about who deserves to go in. But I know more and more people recognize the WWE Hall of Fame as it being the thing to get in. They're already in. I was actually that was the first WrestleMania I ever went to. WrestleMania 27 I actually went and saw Dusty Rhodes introduce Paul Ellering and, uh, and Animal. So that was a, that's obviously on my thoughts right there. I did get to see that so they're in, we don't have to worry about anybody saying it sucks that they never got in they're in to both Hall of Fame, they deserve it rest in peace, Hamlin um, let's get to this retribution review, I was going to do something else I was going to do something more positive I don't think it's over and I'm saying that and once again, this show is going to be like a triple header, we're talking about comics and talking about the news and notes and then we're going into a Glass Champions review so I'm recording this, as I said uh, the day before I, to me, that reveal was so flat on Raw. The names are worse, but let's get the names out the way. Let's forget the names. That reveal was terrible. That's why I feel like there's more. They don't, even though Dijakovic is clearly their mouthpiece, he's not the leader. Like, for me, it's like watching Dark Knight Rises, right? You knew Bane was a badass, but something in you said... Someone's a mastermind behind this muscle, you know? And so, um, not saying that Bane can't be the mastermind, because Bane is the one, one of the greatest characters of all time, one of the greatest stories of all time. He masterminded breaking the bat down and breaking his back in Nightfall. Um, But to me, something just, this came off so terrible, so flat. I was like, dude, there's no way that that is just... It. You know, I guarantee you there's there's a mastermind behind this. There's a leader. And I don't know if they're going to cause anything. Supposedly, the rumor is, at Survivor Series, there will be a Retribution versus WWE team. And they could do one or two things. If that's true, they could do one of two things. Either do a, a SummerSlam, Cena versus Nexus again. And completely undo what they've just been doing. Which has been terrible storytelling with these guys. Or... They could have them win. Now, to me, my opinion, if I'm right on this, and there is a big reveal that there's a bigger leader at this, which is very ace and ace, aces and eights ish. Um, they need to win. They need. They need to win. And they need to win a lot. Um, I do love the fact that the Hurt business is 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 just. They're not faces, but they're defending their turf. I love it all, but that felt that just. I'm being nice saying it fell flat, but something was up with it. Something was missing. I think their real leader was missing. uh, Whomever that may be, it's all lined up in the stars for Keith Lee to be this guy. He just got kicked in his head by Randy Orton. And one way to fast track putting this championship on him, not saying you need to. You make him the leader, though, and they can run havoc over it. You can even have, I know I just said earlier how, um uh I think Orton is going to win his 14 championship but if he doesn't that's a good way to take the belt of McIntyre cuz I'm pretty sure especially now that Florida's uh governor he's re- he's lifted all restrictions so now everybody's going back to work there's no mask nothing in Florida um I just they're going to have fans in that building at capacity now so um that fell flat. I don't want to completely use crap on it. it. But something was missing. I think their leader was missing. Whomever their leader is, that's going to be revealed whether it's tomorrow night during Clash of Champions or a month from now. Or it might be revealed at Survivor Series and you do what uh, they did in 96 with Hogan and let that reveal come at the end of the night. That could very well be it. But something's missing it's their leader. Um, let's get to some more positive stuff that I love. I, this whole Roman Ranks thing, I love it i love it i love it immediately once i saw SmackDown down last night the two things i saw and it wasn't a bad show but the two things i saw that made me fall in love i, I was already in love with the whole idea of him with paul Heyman, right and i love the idea paul Heyman said that he is corrupting me he brought me out of obscurity i i loved it but having him destroy his cousin I, I talked about this a little bit earlier but the thing that's even better is a little attention to detail I think I say in a show that I've already recorded it's in the can that obviously the, what they're pointing to at WrestleMania is a Bray Wyatt, the Fiend versus Roman Reigns, where Bray Wyatt will then take the championship off Roman Reigns. Where it's clearly leading to Roman Reigns maybe venting WrestleMania to lose that championship. Now, let's be honest before we get into the, the praise I have. I've only seen two good Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt matches, both for Daniel Bryan, both at Royal Rumbles. I was excited and thrilled to be in Texas, in Houston, for the Royal Rumble this year. I was live there in person to see that collar match. That was a fun match. But Daniel Bryan seems like the only guy that could really bring a good match out of this guy. He doesn't have terrible matches. They're just there, right? Um, that's probably not going to be a good match. But, to me, that's where this is leading to. You have the detail with Alexa Bliss being just hypnotized or whatever she is, and she's staring at Roman Reigns as he has a the championship. Um, they're, they're, they're doing good with this. And from everything that I'm reading, it sounds like Paul Hammond's is behind a lot of this. So that's, that's wise. Um, but Roman Reigns, I know some people didn't like how he put his hands on his cousin beforehand. To me... Every good heel champion has to have a little desperation. No matter how dominant they are, they have to have a little desperation when someone is threatening them. Like, to me, the times when Brock showed that little desperation, like when he fought Daniel Bryan and he kind of like, was, he knows Daniel's smaller than him. But like he's like at the end of the match, even though he won, he's like looking at him, and Daniel Bryan's like smiling, and um, Brock's like looking at Paul Heyman. Those little things to me, and desperation may be the wrong word, but I don't think it is. I think you need to. Have, I think you need to have that little desperation when you're the person being hunted, because you can be got at any time. To me, it's what it's what makes. Example. Let's say you watch sports, and you have. You just Your team just won the championship. The next year, they're the hunted now. Teams are going to test their skills on your team. People, it'll be an upset now if the Browns beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but it would be an upset, right? So um, now they're just testing their their skill against yours and seeing if they even match up. And to me, the, the desperation, the frustration you show showed. Like the line he used at the end of the night was, "You're gonna take this payday and take the ass whooping that comes with it." I had a hallelujah moment there. I was like, "Oh my goodness! Think about that! Think about it. he's telling his family member this because his family member thinks he can take his spot." as a tribal chief and he's telling him, no i'm gonna do everything i need to do but you don't know what you've gotten yourself into but now i'm gonna tell you what you've gotten yourself into man boy oh boy oh boy that is powerful and to me i just loved it also just i watched that segment five times on on purpose because i wanted to see every detail i could you see Jay knocked out. You see Roman with his hand over, uh, under his head, with the championship up there and yelling at him. Look in the back, though. Look at Paul Heyman and you, you see Paul Heyman just put his, same way he used to do with Brock Lesnar. But you see Paul Heyman just, like, go from being just unperturbed, his hands in his hand, you know, by his belly, to now he has his hand on his mouth. He's like, because he knows what's coming. Same thing you guys should know what's coming. Same thing I know what's coming. So, I loved every second of it. I've been loving this uh heel turn. Um, even his thing, though, here's, and here's the best part about it: even after he loses that championship, which is not gonna be until next year, barring injury, even with him being injured, I think you should, you should keep the belt on him. And this is a long-term thing. You can do so many things with this character before you. I think go at least a year to two years with this guy being a heel. I know they're not going to be patient and have to wait two years. But at least give him a year as a heel. And apparently, that was his one of his conditions on coming back. Was he wanted to be a heel. So, he's doing a great job to me. But Anything, last thing, last, last re- related WWE thing slash Impact thing. Ken Shamrock is actually going to the Impact Hall of Fame and he posted on Twitter and asked The Rock if he can do a virtual introduction for him and The Rock agreed. Um, first of all, To me, this is so cool on so many levels. The Impact fans get to say, hey, Rock was on our TV show. (laughs) But more importantly to me, I do agree with Ken Shamrock. That was his best feud by far in his short tenure with WWE. The first six months of 98, those two feuded off and on. uh, I don't think The Rock ever even beat Ken Shamrock. He could have. I don't think he did, though. There's one spot. Oh, my God. And watching it now, you can find it on YouTube. Well, Shamrock is in sweatpants, no shirt, on his knees. He's telling the rock to hit him. He says, hit me, hit me, you can't hurt me. And the rock loads up and knocks him right in the face with the chair. My sweet Christ off the cross. That should that should not have been allowed then. And it definitely would not be allowed now. Oh, I still remember that to this day. Um by, but uh, Shamrock was the one in the finals with The Rock to win King of the Ring. He made The Rock tap out to win King of the Ring. Um, uh, they had a, a match at uh, WrestleMania that year as well in 98. Where the Shamrock won at first but wouldn't let go of the ankle lock. So uh, then he got disqualified and then he went nuts. Um, he never did win. Uh, he did. He, excuse me. He did eventually win the Intercontinental Championship um, in a tournament. He think he made he made X Pac tap out, I believe. He ended up having a decent run with the belt, like three or four months. In the A era, three or four months was a decent reign. In the entire, and even when he had the Intercontinental Championship, he was a double champion because he was tag team champions with Boss Man. So you know, um, he he was uh, the first NWA TNA heavyweight champion. He won their their first pay per view match, Battle Royal, which was a uh, reverse style battle royal or whatever it was. Um, a very weird concept. But he ended up losing that to uh, R-Truth, Ron Killings. But uh he deserves being an Impact Hall of Fame. He, he deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, and Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. He, he made the transition really well. Um, but it's really cool. And to me, stuff like this that When I hear people say, you know, I'm too busy, I don't have time for this. You have time for what you make time for. And to me, clearly Rock is one of the busiest people ever. Um, And so, like, and by the way, I I should have said this during the comic portion, but I didn't think of it until now. The Rock announced that Aldous Hodges, uh, from Leverage fame, and he's done some other stuff as well, will be Hawkman if you don't know who he is, Aldis Hodges A-L-D-I-S Hodges H-O-D-G-E-S um, check him out, that's an interesting pick for Hawkman um, but anyways when people say that, you, Rock is clearly one of the busiest men in, in, in all of entertainment, and um, for him to take the time to do it, because he agreed to do it um, that's pretty freaking cool, That's and that's important to, to, because he still gives back, I know a lot of people. Um, I'm not a big fan of his movie choices, Rock, but he's making a ton of money, and his movies aren't targeted for me, um, so it doesn't matter. Um, but that's pretty cool for him to give back like that because him and Shamrock had some wars. But that chair shot. Look that thing up on YouTube. Ven, uh, not about say Venmo. Uh, video Motion Daily is what's, what I was thinking about. Look that chair shot up, boy, oh boy, was that rough. Um, let's get some AEW and after that we'll get into the Clash of Champions review. Um apparently there was a bunch of COVID outbreaks. I and once again, I just said this, was that going how is that going to work with now Florida having no restrictions um at AEW I know some people are going to knock it cuz I know some people just hate AEW and whatever. But that's fine. I don't I love all wrestling. Um I'm hoping that they still keep the same protocols in, in place. I'm sure AEW will. They, they've they been ahead of the curve with this. Um, but they weren't, from everything I'm reading, they weren't sloppy about it. They haven't told their talent to not come out and not talk about it. I mean, that's clearly one of the reasons why Renee Young left. Let's be honest. She got COVID. She announced it. And they didn't like that she announced it. And she started a, a, a ball don't going downhill, which only got bigger. And other people started announcing that, you know, hey, I got COVID too. Um, so, uh, hopefully everybody's good there and people who have it are getting better. We've been fortunate here to not get it. I have not had it. I don't want it. Uh, we've been careful. So, uh, just be safe and all that good stuff. Um, but Cody had an interesting return, new hair color, uh, going to be in a dog collar match. I'm looking forward to that match. That's going to be a brutal match. I still think, uh, Brody Lee's gonna win. I just think that they're really putting over their Dark Order right now, so he needs to win that match, um, or or Cody could win and um, leads to a rubber match at the next pay per view, you know. Uh, but Brody Lee needs to win the feud. Is my point. Um, Cody's won like eighteen matches in a row. He lost one. He Cody will be fine, you know. Um, but anyway, just to, to me, the overall state of AEW, it's been fun. This is my first time even commenting on it publicly. I haven't really had a platform to do it. Um, I, I don't have anything to say about it as different. It's, it's enjoyable. They have their good weeks and bad weeks. Look here, when you're producing, I think they produce three hours of television, and even then, sometimes hour is like an hour and a half. Um, it, it's going to be some bad stuff, you know? Uh, not everything's going to be gold. Um, but they have some good... I love their use of managers. I love Telly Blanchard and the FTR uh, alignment um, alignment uh, arrangement they have um, I just think it's gonna i just think it's fun I think it's a great alternative to new Japan I think it's a great alternative to NWA, to wwe to everything and it's it, it's no one's gonna ever match the production values of wwe but you can ma- you can definitely match the wrestling portion uh, even as I speak right now the g one's going on. Dude, they're doing amazing things over there. And they've they've been very lucky. They shut down earlier than most places did. And I'm glad they're back up and having fans there. Um, It does bring some normalcy. Because Japan doesn't have a rowdy crowd like we do anyway. They have a pretty calm crowd. But anyways, that's all my thoughts on AEW at this moment. I'm sure I'll get into more AEW at some point. Um, Maybe even do a review. Maybe that's what I might do. This is the next pay-per-view since it's on Saturday. I'll wait, I'll record a review for it, and give my thoughts on it, and just go from there. So, it was, that is a good portion of the show. Now we're going to transition to the Clash of Champions review when I see it tomorrow night. I will see you guys on the other side, thanks. Alright guys, this is the Clash of Champions review, Clash. Of, I keep saying Clash of the Champions. Clash of the Yeah, Clash of, I think I was saying the Clash of the Champions, but it's Clash of the Champions. So this is the Clash of the Champions review part of it. Um hope you've been enjoying the show so far. I'm really excited. So I have been getting hit up um on my on my DM and my Instagram about if my do a, if, if I'm going to do a review um on NXT cuz I it completely uh, slipped my mind, and you guys are going to hit some keys right now, sorry about that, um, I completely slipped my mind, until the show tonight, that, NXT, pay-per-view, is next, next pay-per-view is next Sunday, uh, probably not, just because, next week's show, for the next two weeks, those shows are like, already in the can, uh, we have the match of the month, which will be the first match of the month we have, since we came back, I mean, I could always add to the shows, but next week's show, I feel is so much better, as a standalone show, and as I said at the start of this thing, watching, well, actually, know, things have changed, actually. Yeah, see, I've recorded so many different takes. All right, so I don't necessarily want to get into just doing 10 shows a week again. That was, no one asked me to do that, and then it became kind of uh, people needing that because I was putting out so much content, um, which is good. But until I fully get my groove back, which I think, no, I know next week's show really helped me do. Jonathan Astor really was uh, a blessing doing that, uh, doing me that favor. Because I actually recorded a Snyder Cut by myself. And it just was so dry. And I just... There was no, there was nothing special about it. I gave him one text. I was like, hey, man, I need you to... Let's talk about some comic books. Let's open about the Snyder Cut. And that was like a 50, 45, 50-minute 50 conversation. And I just think that's best to stay alone. Um, if I do decide to review it it will, it will be then, that will then make it, like, episode three, and I might drop two episodes, uh, on both, on that, on that Monday, you know, um, but yeah, the next two weeks shows are already in the can, and, uh, well, we have a lot of shows in the can already, but n- next week especially for that, so we'll see, like I said, if I get enough people asking me, and I know that they're gonna, subs- and, and that's the thing also, if you subscribe to the show on Amazon Music, I have no problem pumping out more content. I'll make the time for it like I've done this weekend. Like, once I saw in the end of SmackDown, I said, I have to review Clash of Champions. I just have to because that was a really dope. Like I said, I'm remembering Roman, Roman Reigns in his fcw days like how he was tonight with no shirt on he actually had on um, small smaller trunks he wasn't wearing pants but like he was a better like, he wasn't as good of a talker um but he was a r- really good heel so i just I, I knew i had to do it but if you guys subscribe to amazon music to i see things a little differently dude i'll put out as much content as you guys want um so how about that let's make that trade <laughs> you know but um, anyways, listen to the Clash of Champions review. Before we get into the show, though, uh, like I'm recording this. Well, technically, it's not late here. I'm on Colorado time, uh, uh, Mountain time, so I'm two hours behind East Coast. So the pay per view is usually in for me around like eight o'clock, maybe a little earlier. But I end up having an issue. I don't know if, and someone could tell me if they've ever had this issue. So what I do is I don't watch the pay per views live. Like, they're live, but not live. So what I do is I wait until 5.30, mountain time. And I wait until the the pay-per-view's been going on for half an hour. And I do that on purpose, because I feel like if I watch the show at at 5.30, starting from the beginning, the feed tends to be a little bit better, less of it being blurry, less of... uh, Because I watch it on my PlayStation. Well, anyways, something really weird happened tonight. So I was actually an hour behind... Because uh, Lone in the Dark was having me watch uh, something called Baku. And um, I ended up turning it on at six, right? So I'm behind by an hour. Not a big deal. Well, I've never had this happen to where I, as long as I keep the show on, it's fine. Well, I get to the main event. And right in the middle of the main event, the Roman Reigns-Jey Uso match, the show just cuts off. And it just gives me this black screen with the WWE logo. And it's like a spinning thing. And I'm just like, that's why is it doing that? And then I couldn't get the playback going for like another hour, like, and so I was like, all right, so maybe I'm not gonna watch the main event. But I really, this was the only match. Well, no, this is the triple threat match. Were the only matches. I was looking forward to, and then once you had the COVID outbreak, where, for, for those of you who don't know, um, a lot of changes to the card tonight. Nikki Cross was not there. Nia Jax was not there. Shayna, uh, Shayna Baszler was not there. Apparently, the, once again, in Florida, the, the governor there has has reopened everything, even though it's a hotbed, and I guess he feels like, hey, why not? We're already a hotbed. We're not getting any better. Why not just whatever they believe? And, um, and so what ended up happening is apparently it was a huge COVID outbreak, as I said er, in the earlier portion of the show, but, like, it, it affected everything. Like, to me, you could tell that in the two main events. The ambulance match, for me, it wasn't bad, but you could tell they were just stalling. They wasted – you could just tell they were in that match, you know. And it sucks because Randy Orton's had three matches now this year where I feel like it's just been too long. Like, that ambulance match shouldn't have been as long. As, and I got what they did. They put, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But even the even the Roman Reigns, J.U. so much, I could tell, was just, all right, let's get to three hours. Let's get to that three-hour mark. The difference is, this story, I first of all, I loved every second of that main event. And to me, it, it, it didn't need to be 20 minutes, but it was 20 minutes for a reason, or 20, more than 20 minutes. But anyway, either way. Anyways, like so many things happened, and so I'm sitting here. I'm just like, okay, you know, uh, how's this gonna go? And they, once again, it was a decent job. Um, wasn't a pay per view I was looking forward to watching personally, um, but um, anyways, that happened. Hopefully, everyone's safe and and healthy. And if they're not healthy, they're getting healthy. I know Lance Archer has a huge match. In two weeks, uh, I think it's his first—I don't know about New Japan. I know he was the uh, the IWGP Intercontinental Champion at one point, uh, but—or U.S. Champion, excuse me. Um, and he actually lost to the Moxley. Um, But I don't know if he's ever had a world championship match in the States. If he is, if he has, someone let me know. I can't think of it. So I hope all these people get healthy, happy, uh, well, healthy and 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 uh, hungry. About well, hungry, I mean, healthy and just better, so they can perform. Because so many people can be affected by these things. Because you have company, you have people in companies that are dating in different companies. So just, uh, and we have already kind of seen that scare with John Moxley earlier this year when Renee Young got it. You know, so. Anyways, let's get let's get to the show. So, I'm not reviewing everything. Everything's not worth reviewing. To me, the two-week build for Asuka and uh, Zelina Vega, who cares? And then it looks like that feud's not even over, e- even though uh, Asuka beat her decisively. Um, let's talk about this one thing. Bailey came out, and I would have been okay if Bailey was just doing a promo. Once again, this is all to waste time. We knew this. It was all just to, let's waste, let's waste, let's waste time. Well, then she makes an open challenge, and it's like the quickest open open challenge ever, which is pretty dang smart, considering most of the time people say, I'll fight anybody. They wait for five freaking minutes, and then the wrong person comes out like, oh, my God, no, I didn't see this coming. You should have. Well, Bailey la- that, Bailey's open challenge lasted for all 30 seconds, and right before the referee can raise her hand, Asuka comes out like, why are you guys constantly making Asuka do double duty? You know, to me, this didn't need to be done. It was a means to an end to get Sasha Banks out there to, like, hit her with a steel chair and have Bailey run away. Keep Sasha off of TV. I don't need to see Oscar. and it looks like it, I'm hoping this is not them doing this for Hell in a Cell. I think it's way too early. I think you can save... So you can have Asha... Asha? Sasha and Bailey main event WrestleMania. You can. I don't think it's gonna happen, because I think Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns are gonna headline uh, WrestleMania, as I said before, but... Dude, you could throw that on that card. And let's be honest, if they can't go anywhere next year, which I, which is crap, I think they've already notified their talent. As of October 31st, they're leaving the Thunderdome and they're traveling again. So it's clear other states are going to, you know, lift these restrictions. By next year, we're going to have fans at WrestleMania. How many? I don't know. Uh, but even if they didn't, Florida, their home base at this point in time, their surrogate home base. We all know, know Connecticut's their home base. It has already lifted all restrictions. So you can have a full capacity WrestleMania in Florida like you were planning in Tampa Bay as you were planning for this year. And actually, you could do whatever you want because fans will be there. And it's going to be it'll be freaking nuts for that match. Sasha being a face and it's reversed and now Billy's had the belt for over four hundred something days and people want to see that her get that that title offer. I, I think we do so much more, but it looks like they're gonna go with the Hell in a Cell. <sighs> to me, you already have your Hell in a Cell match, and that's Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Now, the way it ended tonight, maybe not so much, but you could you could get one more match out of this. Just because of what they did. And we'll talk about later. Anyways, this didn't need to be done. But I got it. It was filler. Because they just had so many people out. And Nikki Cross wasn't winning anyway. So, she, the good thing is. We'll never know this. Until someone comes out with a, a shoot interview. But it looks like Nikki wouldn't have lost straight up again. She would just she would have won by DQ. So, that's probably good, I guess. Um, let's talk about the ladder match. Me? I wrote down my notes I said decent ladder match. But I, I, I have to be fair to the ladder match because, one, the feed was terrible. It was just terrible for me all night. And then when I was, like, rewinding and I was doing the homework at the same time. So I actually went back and watched certain part. That was a good ladder match. I really enjoyed it. Like, the spot did Jeff Hardy is nuts, first of all. And so all of them are nuts, but Jeff Hardy allowing Sami Zayn to handcuff his earring to a ladder. What a genius spot. I can't think, even when he was generico, I can't think of Sami Zayn doing anything like that before. Uh, but it was great. <laughs> I loved it. Then the, the spot at the end when Sami Zayn is handcuffed to AJ Styles, he spits the key out of his mouth only to handcuff AJ Styles to the ladder. And he can't climb up any higher. Zayn grabs two belts. There's plenty more for this. I Maybe you can even have Zayn, Sami Zayn. Because that group that he had never actually broke up. Now they all have gold. You could have Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Nakamura, Nakamura still together. So I'm actually super, super excited uh, for that. Uh, SmackDown, to me, really killed it tonight. Um, Raw, that's, that's the ambulance match. We'll talk about that right now. Um, well, no, it's just before we get to that, um, I know people are talking about the the, the the supposed botch in the tag team championship match on Raw. I don't think that was a botch. If you look, Garza, before he tags out in that final sequence, soon he tags out, he throws the X up himself and rolls out of the ring. So he tags, throws the X up, rolls out, and he tried to, he tried to throw the X up, like, so where the camera couldn't see it, but the refs could. And, like... I still, still saw it, and then the ref saw it, the ref in the ring saw it, and he immediately counted three, because he, he clearly, he wasn't even looking at the shoulders, if you look at it, and I looked it back at it three times, the ref just saw it, one, two, three, and then if you look at uh, Dawkins, he's like, what the hell just happened here, that was, I, th- they didn't, I think that was his way of just saying, you know what, he threw the X up, let's get the hell home. Let's not continue. To me personally, that's just a product of what happened to Matt Hardy. These companies are not going to take chances on live television, considering that was a pay-per-view that they happened on. These guys are not. If you guys don't know, if he's been living under a rock, uh, Matt Hardy in the beginning, well, supposedly it's not a concussion. Yax Rebbe is a concussion, whatever. But what ended up happening was uh, they ended up continuing the match after the referee cleared Matt Hardy. Well, here's the problem. I think, this is my opinion, when I I looked at it it three times, as I said, I saw the ref look and see Garza throw the X up and immediately roll out, something with his knee, and that wasn't a botch. Some people are calling it a botch. I think that's completely inaccurate. The referee counted and just said, let's get the F out of here because I don't know what's going on with this guy, and I'm pretty sure there was more to that sequence that was involving him. And instead of having these guys, these three guys, Go on the fly with it. He just said, Let's go home, fight another day. I appreciate that, but that's my personal opinion on that. Um, I don't think it was a botch, though. Just me personally. Anyways, let's get to this ambulance match. Let's get to something completely different. So, first of all, this was a glorified handicap match. <laughs> For being honest. Big Show interfered, choke slam Randy Orton through a table. Uh, Christian interviewed uh, in- in- interview interfered. HBK gave a of music, then poked Randy Orton off the top of a ladder. It was a complete handicap match. It wasn't a bad match. Like I said, I, to me, I can tell they were doing a little bit of filler here and there because I, they had to, they had to waste the time. Um, wasn't bad. It just didn't do it for me either. I did find it interesting the way they ended the match where it was very decisive as far as Drew McIntyre first I thought it was about to be a screwed finish because he did the Claymore through Orton in, it was about to close it, the doors. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, no, he's, he's oh no, don't tell me this is going to be a typical thing. But then he gave him a punk kick of his own to Randy Orton and then, then did it. That was pretty definitive. Then Ric Flair drove him off. But that was pretty definitive. So I'm assuming now that he's lost again, this is the end of the fight, the end of the feud. Where's Drew McIntyre go from here? I have no clue. Maybe Keith Lee next month. But do you want to beat Keith Lee this early? I don't. I don't know. Like I've I haven't had much time to think about it, and I just don't know. Like I, in a couple of weeks, I'll give my thoughts on it more when I think about it. But I don't know where he goes from here, because Raw he's he's beaten everybody on raw he's beaten the u.s champion bobby lashley uh he's beaten brandy orton he's beaten dolph ziggler i don't know why you have dolph ziggler in there anyway but he's beaten dolph several times i don't know where you go with him and now with the covid outbreaks who knows who's going to be available and now that florida's wide open i don't i just don't know where you go with him Uh, but seems pretty definitive, but this was nothing more than a glorified handicap match that, for me, went a little too long. But that's, once again, that's just me, it wasn't too bad. Now let's get to the real main event, um, or before we get there, it's been announced that the draft will take place in early October, so October is this week, you know, um, early October, two-night draft, uh... I don't even need to get into a rant on the draft. I'm sure you guys listen to other podcasts that do that. Uh, in my opinion, it's, it's it's just a way to, I guess, create some kind of buzz, get hashtags going. Um, I, I do think what they're going to do, though, and now that I'm thinking about it, and this is my thoughts just plain and simple right here, right now, I just think what they might end up doing is switching. Roman Reigns, and Drew McIntyre on brands. So they might get put the Universal Championship back on Raw and put McIntyre on SmackDown. That way you may get some fresh feuds. Um, can you imagine Drew McIntyre versus Daniel Bryan? Um, that doesn't mess with my main event at all for us. I, mean, I still think it's going to be Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns. That There's no way they're not going there. You can always just transfer Bray Wyatt over to Raw. It's not that problem um it, i mean i don't know that, they did announce this obviously for promotion but to me it's something deeper with it but when i look at the what, roman reigns has way more options as a heel now than drew mcintyre has as a baby face and so i'm thinking that they might just do that but anyway so let's get to this main event first of all this was great it, it wasn't a classic wasn't meant to be I love the hope spots from Jey Uso. I love the showing off, and like I, I loved how even when like early in the match, when Jay kind of like was show showboating, and Reigns just looked at him like, dude, and he kept saying during the match, "I'm trying to get you. You can't be on this level. You're trying to level up. You can't be on this level." And, and Roman Reigns just giving him that look of him doing that thing. That's why you can't be on my level. You're showboating. I, I love just everything about. I love just, everything that Jay was doing as well. Jay sold like hell for this guy. Now I know some people are disappointed because at first when he went heel, people really thought like the Usos would be like a faction with him. I don't think he needs that right now. He's been in a faction a lot since he's been up in 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 FCW and in the main roster. Um, I don't think he needs that. However. Um, I think right now is him and him and him and the Paul Heyman thing just work. That works where, unfortunately, the Cesaro thing didn't work and the cursed Axel thing didn't work. This works because Reigns can talk, and and not just that he can talk, but you know he doesn't need him. But at the same time, Paul Heyman knows how to feed the beast, feed the ego. You know what I'm saying? like At one point in the match when he's telling Jay, hey, call me your tribal chief, Paul Heyman's trying to get him to stop beating, air quotes, trying, to get him to stop doing the beating. He's like, no, you don't call me that. He needs to call me that. And then in the end, uh, Jimmy ends up uh, uh, limping down, unfortunately, and throwing in the towel and and calling him the tribal chief and all that stuff. And to me, just everything was about it. Like, even when he was outside, here's the thing, right? And Jerry Law used to say it, but it's, it's so true. It's one thing if you're in a, a fight, right, and you're getting your butt kicked. That's cool. You, you're going to take some losses. You're going to take an L. But if someone talking trash, where well, they do it is worse, man. That's too- And, like, at one point in time, Reigns is, like, like, smacking his head against the, the, the announce table. And he looks up at uh, Michael Cole and uh, Corey Graves. Like, I love him. I'm not going to put him to a table. I love him too much. I was like, oh, that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, like. Even that, and to me, that just showed what Reigns was talking about. Like, I'm not even going. I'm not even gonna go 100 percent ham on you. I'm just gonna do what I need to do, dude. I'm just. I I knew I would like the match. I knew I would, but I, I really liked. It. Like I said it didn't need to go as long as it did. How so? I, so so if people complain about that. I completely understand, however, they use that filler time very, very wise, so I enjoyed it, uh, once again, uh, I did watch everything, I didn't, I'm not going to review everything, but for what it was, like I said earlier, it was a D-level show, you know, it was cool, You know, once again, but to me, it was a two-match show, it was supposed to, I think they were trying to make it a three-match show with the ambulance match. Ambulance match didn't do it for me, um, but the, the the ladder match delivered, and the main event delivered. And my in my notes, because I could, I, I really thought the ambulance match was gonna be last. Now I think they would have put it last if Orton was winning. Once I seen that it wasn't last, immediately in my notes said, "I said one, Jay is going to get murdered. Two, Orton's not winning the championship." You know, after I just had said I thought he was gonna win, but once I seen it wasn't the main event, I was like, oh, he's not winning. I mean, we already knew Jay wasn't winning. Uh, that's probably the most predictable uh, match outcome. But I loved everything about it. I think they, I think they're doing a great job. I do believe, for what everything everybody says, you know, um, uh, Paul Heyman does have some part to do in the booking of this, and so that's cool. That's that's really cool. I'm sure Reigns has some influence on it. Um, but I'm loving it, man. So far, hopefully they continue to keep this up. He's, he has a long way to go with this championship. He has another few months before we even hit the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, and it, anything can happen at this point. And I'm just I'm looking forward to what Elsie has in store. So, anyways, that is your Clash of Champions review. I would go check, even if you don't check out the entire pay per view, just check out the main event. I'm telling you right now, be worth your time. It's just just to even hear him talk. Yeah, you got to endure some commentary from Michael Cole and Corey Graves. I'm not the biggest fan. of I, Once again, everything was on mute until this match because as at some point when, when I went back and was able to watch the playback of it, I saw him talking. I saw Roman Reigns talking. I was like, all right, I got the I got suffered through <laughs> the announcements, the announcers, but I'm gonna listen. I'm, this is gonna be the overpowering thing. And sure enough, that's why I did. I fully enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, man, go back and at least watch this match, or even in, if you enjoy car crashes, the live match is fun, you know. But and that and that's the opening match, and this is the closing match, so you you don't have to watch anything in between and kind of kind of figure out. You can just watch one or the other, or watch both. But anyways, this is this is the Clash of Champions review, last part of the show. Hope you enjoyed the show. I know it's a three part show. This was a bit longer than the first episode where we only had twenty minutes show. But it's going to be like that. Some shows will be sometimes an hour. Some shows will be like 20 minutes. Either way, hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you next week for episode three, The Snyder Cut featuring Jonathan Esther. Y'all have a good week. Mm -hmm.